0: It's been a long time since we've rock and rolled. But that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more stage panels signing sessions and photo ops will be available plus lots of final and memorabilia vendors music podcasters from all over north america will be appearing on site for live interviews speaking sessions networking and more got a music podcast register and join us rockin pod weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former tesla guitarist tommy skio and his new band resist and bite making their debut performance, as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockinpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Inceptia.
1: Hey everyone! I just want to jump in before the start of the episode. Um, I just want to let you all know that this was recorded uh, before Jim Steinman passed. It was record- recorded a few months ago, in the intent that uh, May would be Meatloaf Month, and um, this is now just to be kind of become a tribute to Jim. Uh, Jim Steinman was a great songwriter. He's I, we're going to talk about it a lot in the episode. Like he was very important to Meatloaf sound. Uh, they were. A great duo they did their best work together and I just wanted to let everybody know up top they should listen to this with the thought that we were not um recording this at a time when Steinman had passed so that's why we're not it, it's not more of a tribute it's more of a celebration so with that uh enjoy the episode um check out Meatloaf if you haven't listened to Meatloaf I, I don't know how you could not have heard, heard some Meatloaf but man his music's so important to me and Jim Steinman's songs are so important to that uh go check out Steinman's solo album uh, but enjoy the episode guys uh, I'm the Sly Dog peace love music hit the music
2: Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today from Freak, a Millennial Kiss podcast, I'm very happy to have Alex Van Cleef. How are you doing, man?
3: I'm doing good. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. This is so cool. We're finally going to talk about uh, one of my favorite artists of all time. I've got to, in, in the show, I've hit on some of my favorite artists so far, but I've not had a vehicle for this one yet. And We're going to talk about today the man, the myth, the legend, Meatloaf uh this is gonna this is gonna be a big one we're doing an album by album uh we're gonna this first episode is gonna be kind of phase one we're gonna go bad out of hell to blind before i stop and the the second one will cover the rest and we're just gonna get in deep and i know just from talking to you for a few weeks you're a huge fan and that's kind of where i'm gonna jump in tell me your tell me your origin story like how did you get into meatloaf
3: I got into Meatloaf pretty pretty late in my life. Uh, around the mid-2000s when I was getting into high school. Um, I believe I think the first time it really popped on my radar was when I was listening to the radio with my in the car with my mom somewhere. And Paradise by the Dashboard Light came on the radio. And I listened to the whole song. And I'm just thinking to myself, how long is this song? And it's, <laughs> and it's in different parts. And this is before I was really into that kind of music, like I like, I was into like naked Ladies and Kiss and bands like that, but uh, it, it, it like it, it, it kind of latched on, and I started listening to more and more. My parents actually had Bad of the Hell Two on CD, and I grabbed that and I listened to that, and I kind of fell in love with that one because all the songs told stories, and and I just love that about music. Like there, I'm a, I'm an actor guy. And they, all, all the songs were like mini operas and I loved it. Like some of them are like 12 minutes long. Some were like, they were well over five minutes and I just loved everything about them. And, uh, kind of, it kind of snowballed from there. Like I, I, I've looked, I found bad of hell. I found, uh, the most recent records at the time, I believe it was like, welcome to the neighborhood and couldn't have said it better. Nice. And I just kind of, and I just kind of went, moved backwards from there. And it, and I, 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 it just snowballed. And I, to this day, I love Meatloaf. I love his acting. I love what he did uh, for Rocky Horror. And yeah, like it's fantastic stuff.
2: Yeah, he's he's truly one of a kind. And there's like a whole world when you jump into that stuff. Stuff like his albums are, in my opinion at least, there are many worlds under themselves. So yeah, you definitely get that yeah. you know, sense of, you know, you're entering something bigger than yourself. And that was what really... One thing that appealed to me, too, is I got in a little younger, though. Um, I remember being a kid, I remember watching uh, the H1 Classic and I saw the video for Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. And I thought his voice was incredible. Like it really blew me away because I, I was just starting to sing at the time. And here was this like powerhouse like voice just belting the song out, even though that's a more gentler song, I could tell it was like he, he had a really strong voice. So, I immediately became fascinated with the name. The album like, was called Bad Out of Hell. I was like, I have to know more about this. I just do. So, I mentioned that to my mom, and she was like, out looking, she was at a garage sale the next day. And uh, she got me a used copy of Bad Out of Hell too. And I just devoured that thing. It became like, oh, nice. Like, that was like one of like, I like, uh-huh. maybe had five CDs at the time. And I played the shit out of that thing. And the songs were huge. And I wasn't ready for what was coming. Like, you know, you hear two out of three, I'm bad. It's, it's a pretty, almost like an Eagle song. You put Bad Out of Hell 2 on, that motorcycle guitar starts and you're like, whoa. And then the piano comes in and they're pounding away. And it just, you, it's like, whoa, like rock and roll can be like this. It's, it's like big and grand and epic. And this guy is wearing his heart on his sleeve. And it's like, you know, nobody else sounds like this. I mean, I've heard like sticks at this point in my life and I've heard the cars and I love those bands but none of them sounded as big or as, you know, pomp, pomp and circumstance. And as huge as meatloaf. And I was like, this is what rock and roll could be. This is huge. And I just immediately like started like, you know, wanting to hear more of his music. And eventually I think I got the first bat and I, I just always stayed a fan from then on. I think that was like in fourth grade when I got into him and I followed him after that. I, re- I remember getting bad out of hell three as a new release and being blown away by that. I remember being in high school when H- Hang Cool teddy bear came out and driving around in my first car, cranking that up, I remember uh, Hell in a Handbasket coming out like two years later and listening to that uh, all throughout the summer before I moved to California. It it just, Meatloaf has always been in my life and he's always kind of been like a vocalist I've looked up to like as a singer and just his confidence too is incredible. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I just, I love everything about him. I'm a huge fan, I play him a lot and I'm excited to talk about these albums today. Uh, and like I said, I was really drawn in by that voice. Would you say that was something else that like hooked you into like just the power that he sings with?
3: Absolutely. Because Meatloaf's just like, you always say big and powerful and that sums up Meatloaf right there. And not just size wise, like everything about okay. him is larger than life. Like the, the everything. Like there's it's, there's, it's really hard to describe, but yeah. And it's funny you say, like uh, yeah, all the albums that you have associate with something, and I, I, a lot of Meatloaf for me is what I associate a lot of my high school years because Meatloaf was un was an unlikely of rock stars, and I was kind of and he was sort of an outcast and sort of like the guy in the background, um, in terms of like the, the what was popular, but and I kind of I, I related to him because I was the same way. I like I was kind of the outsider. Especially because I was in a brand new school at the time, because I moved all the way from Ontario to Alberta, so I knew I knew no one here, and the and the, it just a lot of when you when, sorry jumping over myself. All good. Just a lot of just a lot of the music, I just related to on a huge level because when you're a teenager, there's angst, there's uh, there's there's love found, there's love lost. Like just, and the, and I just really associated a lot of his, mu- with a lot of his music at the time, just being a high schooler.
2: Yeah. It really is perfect for that. Like, cause everything in high school is so much, you know, it's amplified, it's life or death. And these songs are kind of like yeah. that, you know, like I'll, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. It's like, like it's like as big as you feel right then. So it was perfect for that too. Like, even though, like I said, I discovered it so young, it carried through a lot of different moments like that. So yeah, he yeah. really is great for that. And I, I like what you said about him being an outcast today. The first album we're going to talk about, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, I was listening to uh, a Jim Steinman interview this morning. And he talks about how like just the barrage of rejections they got trying to get the first bat out there. Like he really was like, like an outcast. Like th- he is the like it's proof that if you believe in something hard enough and you flog it enough, yeah. eventually someone's going to pay attention and they did yeah. that.
3: Yeah. Because like th- there was no way to capture what they wanted to do on a demo tape. So they would have to go and actually perform it for yeah. people in the record company. And like you have this like guy in a leather jacket and gloves playing piano. And you had this big man in a, uh, in a tuxedo. And sometimes they'd have Ellen Foley there to do paradise. but like they they would and they would play these like eight minute songs that are like from mars essentially like yeah like it it was nothing like it was it was nothing at the time but that being said uh there's a quote from jim Steinman that i always loved everyone whenever whenever someone would say oh it's too over the top he would say it's supposed to be over the top if you don't go over the top you can't see what's on the other side and i love that i love that about jim i love that like
2: that's brilliant that's brilliant i've never heard that before but that that's that's a good one i'm gonna i'm gonna save that one and while we're on the subject let's talk about jim our 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 guys who provided provided us with a lot of the songs we're going to be talking about today even though meatloaf didn't sing his stuff exclusively through his career he is a big part of that um absolutely like like when did it click for you that like there's another character in the story of meatloaf because like i know at first i just I honestly thought meat wrote all the songs for a long time. And then when I started to really go down the rabbit hole, it's like, okay, there's another guy here. Cause uh, my first copy of bad out of hell 2 was just the CD. It didn't have the booklet or anything. So I didn't see songs by Jim Steinman anywhere.
3: Is it, oh, it's at the very bottom in very tiny lettering, which is really a piss off because yeah. he really deserves a lot more than he gets, you know, totally. But no, but no, I caught on to Jim, uh, pretty right away like because i i I was one of those nerds who actually read the booklets and all that stuff i had my parents had the cd with the booklet and i read and all songs were by jim steinman that kind of was like okay he's just like a songwriter at the time but you do more research as as you get interested in something you're like oh wow like he did he's not just a songwriter he did he's worked with everybody under the sun
2: yeah totally and it, huh. it, 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 you open up like you like you, then you end up checking out his solo record. And I honestly, I love the records he did with Bonnie Tyler. I think those are stellar albums. Those two albums, Faster Than the Speed of Night and uh, Secret Dreams and Forbidden Fire are just nope. great records too. like But he really shines when he's working with Meat. So there's one more thing I want to touch on before we get into the albums. Uh, we've both seen Meat live. Uh, we both saw yeah. the same tour. I saw him uh, in 2015, in October 2015. Um, at the Savon Theater in Beverly Hills, and Meat's voice at this point isn't what it used to be, but the man still put on a show. He still gave it his, his all, and I still walked away from that show quite happy. But you, you were at a very important show in Meatloaf history. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah.
3: Yes, and I'll show you the ticket right here. It's from oh, wow. June 16th, June 16th, 2016, and it started off great. I lo- I was enjoying every minute. Meat actually sounded pretty darn good. Like, like you, I could kind of tell that there was a little bit of a uh, recording to be helped with, oh, but it yeah. was very faint. It was very faint, and you could still tell that Meat was still singing. And it was the first song back after the on after, for the, for the encore. He, you could tell he's kind of struggling, and then he collapses straight to the to the stage, and my heart sank. And that was one of the scariest things ever. Like, usually, and you know what? I was actually talking to a buddy of mine that day saying, like, you know, those times where it's like, oh, this person's joining us on stage or stuff, like, or this special event's happening at this particular concert. You never see that kind of stuff just at, at, at all. Like, it just sort of happens. And- well, something like that happened, and that was scary. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that that was that, that video went viral. I remember seeing that and just being like, oh, shit. I would be scared, too, because I know Meatloaf has very specific orders about what happens if he dies on stage. They're supposed to play Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and I think Another One Bites the Dust. The band is supposed to do that with his body on stage, which is yeah. insane. It just, it's crazy to me that that, that, that that is all planned out. And if I hear the bass start, if, I, if I'm on a Meatloaf store and I hear the bass for Another One Bites the Dust start, I'm
4: panicking.
3: Yeah, I would, um, that would be traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially cause, especially cause I have another thing here. <laughs> like I said, I got into Meatloaf when I was in high school and I actually also have this ticket. It's oh, wow. from, ju- it's from Thursday, July 29th, 2010. So this would have been the hang cool tour.
4: Oh, great.
3: Nice. But, but it was canceled.
4: Ah. Oh no!
3: Meat me, me played one show in Canada in Sault Saint Marie, then got the flu, and the rest of the tour was canceled.
2: Oh, yeah. that sucks, dude. That he, he he was he was actually healing on that tour, and his voice was sounding better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man i can't imagine that that was also that was a prime time to be a meatloaf fan before before we man hank cool was a great era to be a meatloaf fan he was, it best. was. he was sounding better than he had he was happier than when he was on the fat three tour that was just a great time to be a meatloaf fan
3: he, yeah he was super pumped on hank cool teddy bear i was pumped on it you yeah. say you were listening to it in your you say you were listening to it in your car oh, i was listening to it while. i was listening to it when i was delivering papers
2: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that that record like it'll forever hold a spot in my heart. Like it's just it, it's a it's a big part of me, and for sure. Yeah, it's there's a reason why it's one of his favorites too. I think it's it's a like it's a latter day classic. But uh that's the it next really episode. Is. That's a that's the next episode. It is. Let's, it is. It, uh, is. it is. Let's uh, let's get into the album by album. So I'm gonna talk. Okay. We're gonna do a quick before we do "Bad Out of Hell." So yep. Little is meets Jim Steinman in 1974, I believe. And he ends up in a play called more than you deserve. And 72, Jim, I believe, but that was 72. Oh, wow. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little off and they that's start, all good. They start working together and eventually they, they're doing this thing called the national lampoons roadshow and Jim starts writing songs. And he has to be, you know, you think we can make this to, into an album and that's kind of where the seeds of bad out of hell were planted. So They wrote the songs, and then they started like shopping for a label to get it out there, and then they just weren't having any luck. And then they talked to Todd Rundgren, and Todd's like, I can do something with this. And they recorded the album, and then after another round of brutal rejections, they're signed to the Cleveland International Records, and Bad Out of Hell is released. by
3: By Mr. Steve Popovich, who's also famous for signing Boston and the Jacksons.
2: Oh, wow. I, did, I, I didn't know he signed the Jacksons. I know Boston, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, and then on October 21st, 1977,
4: that out of hell is my list. The are and the fires are howling down in the valley tonight. There's a man in the shadows with the gum in his eye, and a blade shining no so bright. There's evil in the hair, and there's thunder in the sky, and a killers on the bloodshot streets. Oh, I'm down in with a deadly arisen Oh, I swear I saw a young boy Down in the cover He was stopping the foam and the heat Oh, baby, be the only thing in this whole world That's good and good and right And wherever you are and wherever you go There's always gonna be some light But I gotta get out I gotta take it out now Before We gotta make the most of our one night together When it's away you know we'll yeah. both be so alone
2: The world of Meatloaf is kicked open. Uh, maybe not right away. It was a slow burn. It, it was. A, it was a slow
3: burn. Yeah. Like it's like from what I understand, it started getting big overseas. Uh, it got a little bit. It got. It got kind of going in Canada a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was a kind of a slow burn until it was the CBS Records convention where Meatloaf was kind of introduced to the world. And after that, that was that was the door that kicked that that got that was the final nail in the coffin that or that was yeah, what uh, got the that, that's that's what that's when the all the all doors were open to meatloaf and even extended to be to, to fit meatloaf through
2: <laughs> to put it in a very cheesy joke i just form i just thought of the timer went off the meatloaf was cooked it was time yes <laughs> it, was time to serve, it was ready to serve oh my god and it, man what do you say about one of the biggest selling albums of all time like this is this is like, you know, part of my musical DNA, this album is. It's just so perfect. Like, all seven tracks, just banger after banger after banger. Uh, produced, like I said, produced by Todd Rundgren. There's members of Springsteen's band, and there's that beautiful vinyl there that you guys can't see, but man, that, one of the best album covers ever. That out of hell is a great yeah, this motorbike. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the cover for a second. Yeah, that cover. Yeah. Iconic.
3: Yeah, I think it was the cover that made me really want to... Okay, I really have to check this out. Just like the the motorcycle shooting out of the earth, the bat up on the steeple, the mausoleum, whatever you call it. Um, And just even the back picture of Jim and Meat and whoever this chick is. I can't remember. (laughs) I don't know who that is. But uh, yeah, everything is astounding about this album. This, I'm not kidding, is literally one of my two favorite albums of all time the other one being boston's debut album
2: that's incredible like, great right hands right down, down every song
3: on here is a yeah
2: yeah every song but first
3: boston albums came out in 76 but oh wow every yeah every song just just a gem just a yeah. gem
2: i love i love it uh Bad out of hell is the best motorcycle crash song there is in my opinion and it starts the yeah. trend best piano
3: year. intro ever
2: Oh yeah totally it starts that trend of meatloaf in my mind he's one of the best artists to have al- an album opener like you know when you put on a meatloaf album it's going to start off with a bang and it, the trend starts here whether it's this one or the next one like that just roaring opening is going to come when you put in a meatloaf album it's really really something spectacular yep. and then took the words that's prime phil specter worship heaven can wait that's my favorite on the album uh, it was it was demoed by Bette Midler back in the early 70s, actually, but never got released. Uh, just a gorgeous, oh, yes, just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, like, it's, like, it, if I had to make a list of my favorite songs, it's probably, like, in the top three. And then Paradise, what do you say about Paradise? That's the perfect song, you know, about teen angst and trying to hook up in a car. It's perfect for that. Like, this album just, it screams with energy and passion and guitars. Like, it's, nothing is bigger than this album it's it's the one
3: of the biggest album albums of all time for the reason oh yeah absolutely there's yeah and, I, and pretty much just you, you you took the words right out of my mouth on that one <laughs> like everything the, everything just everything about it love the vocal uh sorry, love the uh the spoken intro to that song with jim and it's just absolutely fantastic uh, best piano intro ever. <laughs> Love that so much. Mm-hmm. Ev- just everything, all revved up, nowhere to go. Pretty much that was me on every Friday night, every Saturday night in high school because I didn't, I, I, I didn't have anywhere to go. I was, I was the outsider, right? So,
2: yeah, but this a al-
3: perfect album for the time.
2: Yeah, this album though, even if you are the outsider, it makes you feel like you're the cool guy. Like when you're listening to yeah. it, you you feel like you're the cool guy in leather jacket. You feel like you feel like Steinman a bit. I feel like you know, as yeah. badass as Meatloaf is, Styman is the cool looking one. Like mm. you feel like you're walking on the street in your leather shirt, absolutely, and glasses, and you're just you're just it, you just look like a badass. So yeah, that like every,
3: every like every every character in the songs that's every 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 persp- every song from the singer's perspective is what I wanted high school to be like. <laughs> like I. I yeah, because hey, I wanted to be that high school jock getting the girls. I wanted to be the guy who was. Uh, uh, I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be the guy who was <laughs> who was trying to get laid, but Ed gave her what she wanted, and then deeply regretted it for the for the rest of his life.
2: <laughs> oh, I wanted
3: to be that guy, but.
2: Oh, man. Was, we, we're more like Simon than we re- realize. Like, there's a quote. I think it was chasm sultan in the classic albums dvd he said something to the effect of like i can't imagine steinman having the experience that he's writing about in that song but i can imagine steinman imagining having the experience of that song (laughs) and like that like yeah that that's totally it (laughs) that's totally it there you go yeah wow that yeah so yeah this thing is just a classic but we got to do the hard part of this podcast which is Pick a favorite and a least favorite on this album. So what would you say your favorite is?
3: God damn. that's It's like trying to pick which is your favorite of your seven children. It's I like, know. <laughs> uh, You know what? If I'm going to take one, I'll probably take uh, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, which was the first single from the album, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the first. It's probably the only song on this I could actually sing in my singing voice. Everything else, I'm like, I would be, uh, I'd be pushing it by trying to sing any other of these songs at karaoke.
2: <laughs> I can sing most of these uh, except for the high season battle. I can sing most of these, and that's not that's not a brag. That's just yeah, a, a, just a trained singer speaking. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's, I, I totally understand. Yeah, but I will say this: as someone who's made it through Battle of hell a few times, it's hard.
3: It's yeah, hard. even with a couple, even with a, even with the couple of long pauses there are in there. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, least favorite.
3: Least favorite. <laughs> oh man. Um,
2: it's like executing. You know what? I'll
3: take. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll say um, for crying out loud. It's it, it goes on a little too long for me, but I, I but it's still, I, it's not a. I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's a it's a freaking classic. It's just not my not my absolute favorite.
2: Yeah, I I, I see what you mean there. Yeah, it's, it's this is the hardest one of the harder albums for me to do this on. Yeah, for sure. There's there's a few that and are really think
3: like a bad so. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, like a same... bad song on a good album yeah it's really hard it's just or, the, or one... the the weakest or the weakest song on the good album
2: sorry the weakest link on the on the on the totally classic album that sold 46 million copies or something yeah but my yeah, favorite like i time. said is heaven can wait that song just means so much to me and
4: all the gods come down here just to sing for me and the mellow i
2: it's uh you're going to hate me for this but I'm going to go all revved up and no place to go only because only because the first time I heard that song was not on bad out of hell the first one of the I had before bad out of hell I had bad out of hell live with the Melbourne symphony orchestra ah and that, yes and that version of the song even though there's no orchestra there's no saxophone so it's all done on guitar and I love that uh-huh. So when I got the album and there's like this glaring sax part set, instead of that roaring guitar lead that Paul Crook played, I was a little put off by it and it still kind of throws me sometimes. Like, it, like I said, it's not, not to say it's a bad song. It's still a classic. And I still like, I marked out for in the car today when it came on, I was like, yes. But it, it, that's just the one, if I had to pick one, that's the one I'd pick only because of that little wiggly bit there. So bad out of hell, Stone Cold classic, 10 out of 10
3: absolutely 11 out of 10
2: <laughs> 11 out of 10 uh we, we got to talk 11. about all, all <laughs> the numbers i'll go to 11 uh, yes we got to talk about the tour real quick just because uh we're going to do a little connection to your podcast here Who was playing yeah. guitar on this tour none other than, than uh, none other than the Kulik brothers themselves bruce and bob, bob.
3: absolutely I, ha- I actually have the rock Palace here on dvd
2: how is that by the way i've never seen that
3: It's good. It's it's really good. It's like it's it's Meatloaf live as you'd expect. He introduces all everybody, and it's 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 just it's just the first album. It's not it's with the exception of uh, uh, for crying out loud, it's the whole out. It's the whole album performed live in Germany. I think nice and uh, and overall and yes, there is a uh, the the brothers are involved absolutely.
2: Yeah, totally. And uh, that tour was grueling. It was really it really took a lot out of them because they had to build the album. But by the time they did it finish, you know, they, they'd headlined Madison Square Garden. Like, you know, they were an, a huge headlining arena act at that point. And yeah. then things, unfortunately, things get a little scary for a few years there. So yeah. Meet felt the pressure to follow up "Bad out of hell, like really strongly. Like, you know, the, the old saying, you have a lifetime to write your first album. You have a couple months to write your second. And That's true. he goes into the studio to start singing and he just can't his voice is is gone and it was partially a health thing partially psychological like the weight of having to follow a bat was really hard for him from what i've read have you read anything about that yeah
3: yeah i read he was under a lot of pressure uh he fought with jim a little bit creatively because he apparently Meat wanted to use the uh the tour the touring band where jim wanted to use the live band or the other way around can't remember uh they kind of butted heads over over what to do with the next album Uh, his substance abuse was going crazy to the point where there's four days that he doesn't remember because of an incident that happened. Uh, Like, I guess they were watching the Bad of the Hell music video on TV and then the tape stretched and had a breakdown where he didn't say anything, walked out of the room, walked out of the hotel, and that's the last thing he remembers until four days later, he woke up in Toronto.
2: Wow. You see, I've seen that happen. So he was
3: bad off. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I saw that happen like they portrayed that in the made for TV movie about him. But I didn't realize it was that bad,
3: wow. That's insane. Yeah, it it's true. Me, Me, Me Love has talked about it also on behind the music and in other interviews.
2: Wow, that's crazy. And
3: but yeah, pretty much it, it was pretty much like it was psychological and and also he paralyzed a vocal cord or something like that, which is bound to happen. I mean, like when you're playing he and he really is an opera singer that just went and went and went. An opera singer sings maybe like once a
2: week. Yeah. If if that's if that tw- yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. In the interview I watched today with Jim, he said, you know, Meet should have been doing like maybe three nights a week, but he's doing six nights a week. Like, you know, yeah. He really blew out his voice that way. So the other yeah. thing I read to the- is
3: No, go ahead. Go, go.
2: Uh, I was just gonna say, to the point that these songs that Jim had written for him, you know, Jim just didn't want them to just sit. So the album was going to be called Renegade Angel. He says, fuck it, I'm going to record it myself. I'll write me a new batch of songs and it'll all be good, which is how he gets to bad for good.
4: You can hide away forever from the storm But you'll never hide away from me The icy cold will cut us like a knife in the dark And we may lose everything in the wind But the northern lights are burning And they're giving off sparks I want to wrap myself around you like a winter skin You know i want to your scent we're near the end of the chase. Take a look out your window; I'll be there in the night. Oh, your love is so close that I can almost taste it. The cold will cut us like a knife in the dark, and we may lose everything in the wind. But the northern lights are burning and they're giving off sparks. I wanna wrap myself around you like a winter skin.
2: April 1981, a Jim Steinman solo album. Yes. This, this record is, if you're a meat fan and you haven't heard this, oh, you are in for a treat. You are in for an absolute treat. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, like, mind you, like a lot of the songs are featured on later, on later meat albums, but the, or but again, this is, if Meat if had meatloaf had his voice, this would have been a very good, uh, follow up to bad of the hell. Like, like, there's no question about it in oh, fact yeah. and actually i wish i wish they'd actually kept the title renegade angel because i love it so much and to my, to, my, to to the point where when i did uh i went through like a phase where i would write stuff and then put it online and that was my uh author handle was renegade angel
2: Oh, wow. That's so cool. I love that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's a, it, it also goes with the artwork too. If, if people have seen the album cover, know, like there's there's an angel on the yeah. album cover like that. And is that not also a great album cover too? Like that's, it's like a rock and roll hero. It's like a rock and roll superhero.
3: Yep. Absolutely. he has got chains in one hand, a guitar in the other, a girl on his shoulder. It's, it's rock and roll, man. It's, it's, per- it's, it's it, it would have been perfect. It
2: yeah, it really is. So Jim yeah. takes most of the leads on this album. And uh, like I said, if you're a fan of that first bad album, not just like the songs, but the sound and the production, like if you're looking for that classic big 70s sound, it's on this album. It's all over it. Uh, some of the same cast returning, Todd Rundgren returns to produce. Uh, you've got Carla DeVito from the tour coming back. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Roy Bitten's playing on piano again. I'm sure Chasm's That's there. Yeah, yep, yep, yep,
3: yep. Yeah. Rory, Do- Rory Dodds back as well from from the studio and from the live band and uh, yeah pretty much yeah everyone pretty much everyone everyone from the previous with a few exceptions are back for this one
2: yeah
3: Max whiteman on the drums and all that
2: I, I gotta I got indulge my curiosity for a second I see you holding that up there so your copy does it have the extra like seven inch that came comes with supposed to come with it
3: it does not
2: oh, dude, it I'm did sorry.
3: But it does not.
2: Uh, I have I have it on CD, so yeah, I, it, 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 it took me a the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, you- and you
3: know what? it really stinks too because rock and roll because Dre- rock and roll dreams come through is probably my favorite song on this album.
2: So and it's not even there. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I I got it on no. CD. I remember I remember discovering this record too. I didn't know it existed for a long time, um, but then when I was having like another one of on my Every time me would put something out, I'd have like a resurgence of my fandom and I'd start trying to learn more about him. So I think it was, oh, yeah. around, it was around the time, uh, around the time Hell in a Handbasket came out, I found out this was a thing and it existed. And I was like, if I ever see it, I'm gonna buy it. And cut to like maybe a year later, i would moved to Hollywood to go to music college and moving to Hollywood means Amoeba Records. So I went to Amoeba Records one day. Oh, uh, yeah. I've and, heard of that place. Yep. I just decided, like, you know, I own most of the meat stuff. But let me flip through and just see what's there. And sitting right in front of me after a few flips was Jim Steinman, Bad for Good, on CD for five bucks. That CD left nice. me that day. And uh, I was so, so excited. I remember taking it over to my buddy's place with this great sound system. And, like, like Drew, dude, we got to listen to this thing. It's going be, to be incredible. And he goes, okay, man. stoned out out of his mind of course but uh we we put it on we just cranked it up it was such a experience like even though i knew most of the songs already it was such an experience to hear it at that volume and to finally like hold it in my hand and like look at the credits and stuff like it was like you know it was like finding gold and yep yeah that that, that was always going to be tied to that memory
3: oh that's awesome man like that's true that's freaking amazing but yeah, it's, everything about it is terrific. Like it's, a, it's, it's definitely a worthy follow-up to Bad of the Hell. I really wish that you know, the t- things could have c- worked out. But that being said, I won't take the next album away for anything as well, though.
2: Oh, no, totally. No. Before we move on, though, so bad for good, yep, yep. there's a few more points I wanted to hit on. So Steinman's voice, yep. it's not perfect, but he's got no. enough chutzpah, I think, to push through. What do you think of Steinman's voice?
3: I think it's fine. There are a couple of songs I think would have been better if someone else was singing it, and I mean, and uh, even though they're like, uh, I think uh, what's what's a, what's a good example? Like left um, in the dark
2: would have been better by someone left, else.
3: Le- le- left left in the dark, absolutely. Surf um, up, lost boys in, sir, No, not no, surf up. I think is fine. Lost really? boys and golden girls, I think is better. Um, but yeah. But yeah, it's there it's clear that there the gym is not the perfect voice but for what it is, it's good. It's definitely worth it's def- it's definitely makes it worthwhile for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's never so bad you want to turn it off, but there's a few times like even me as like a singer I'm, I'm like, "Oh, that's got to hurt." Like whenever right here surf's yeah. up and he and he goes to the and my body is burning like a naked wire. I, I always go a little bit like, "Ooh, that sounds like it hurts." He's getting there, but he's pu- he's, he's pushing everything. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that probably yeah,
3: that probably took, that probably, took, probably took a handful of takes.
2: Oh, I'm sure like that. that that's it's, even the meatloaf version, which is actually down a key a bit. That's still hard yeah. to sing, sing, too. I'm not going to lie. that song Like he wrote and it, some crazy high ass songs. Yep. For, for this album like bad for good the, the key of that song is, is ridiculous if you compare it to the one that got recorded on bad, bad three it's really something almost totally different just in the like the terms of sound
3: yeah absolutely
2: yeah so favorites and least favorites on this one hmm. uh i'll go first my favorite is yep. uh i'm gonna say my favorite honestly is uh lost boys
4: down on the corner and all around the world lost boys
2: I love that song in any incarnation but man like it i don't know something about it, hearing it on the album and hearing rory sing it too rory does a great job singing lead on that one and yeah. um, least favorite honestly uh, it might be shooting but i'm gonna go with the storm uh i mean i'm not a big classical guy but uh just because of where it falls on the on my cd it falls right after left in the dark and that you got to sit through that whole thing to get through rock and roll dreams come Through," so yeah
3: that's that's my least favorite honestly yeah that's that's fair um i i like the storm for a couple of reasons just because of what it invokes in my mind but it works better on seize the night and we'll get there when we get there but 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 that's just my that's just my take anyway um favorite track i'm gonna go with rock and roll dreams come through I just love it's like a little more it's a little more upbeat than uh the version on bat 2 um i think i think the i think i think that's jim singing it i can't i can't remember i have to to look that up um and i love the music video for this if you've ever seen it
2: oh yeah it's great it's great there's three great music videos for this album online people go check them out rock and roll dream and and, uh wasted youth and
3: uh in my pants
2: Oh yeah, dance
3: my pants. I forgot about that weird ass video. <laughs> yeah, the the Mistbow Peep show. I love that. Alright. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you know what? It's actually a pretty decent song. I like it. Especially, yeah. especially again, the spoken word part in the middle, it gets me right. Right. No way, Jose. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: a love, uh, and not a
3: dancer. It's so Elvis, too. I love it. That <laughs> yeah, Again, a great music video for that one, too. Um, if I were to pick a least favorite track, I'm probably gonna go with Stark Raving Love. Oh wow! It's like mind you, it's it's okay, it's okay. there are like every song on this, I like, but uh, the Stark Raving Love, I'm just not. There's just something about it that's just not my thing. I know he would recycle the riff later for a song on that too, but um. Yes, uh, if I were to pick one that I skip often, I think it's star- it's it's Stark Raving Love," but that's just me. There's nothing I have nothing against the song. It's just the one I skip.
2: Yeah, that, that's fair. It's and also I think part of it is I don't know what it, I've always thought this about that song. Maybe I always can't help but think there's two songs on there we've never heard Meat sing. Well, I take it back. I've yeah. heard Meat sing "Dance in My Pants." There's a really bad recording of a live video of him doing it from the late '80s on YouTube. If you want to look that up. I will quality.
3: look that up because that sounds hilarious.
2: It's 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 it, the performance is fine, it's just shitty quality. But uh oh, okay there there's allegedly he he was he performed Stark Raving Love allegedly at some point on the Dead Ringer tour, but I can't find a recording of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, also so also, a be- also a great also a great also great picture of Jim on the back cover there.
2: Oh totally, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Jim's a badass. I, he I really, tra- really is. I'm actually trying to hunt him down for the podcast right now. I'm trying to I haven't been having any luck finding a manager or anything to talk, contact with. Jim, if you're out there and you're listening, I don't know why you're listening to my show, but thank you. Uh, SlideDogBroadcast at gmail.com. Just shoot me an email. We'll, we'll, we'll talk.
3: <laughs> absolutely. I would love to hear that. Because Jim, hands down, is probably one of my favorite songwriters. He's definitely the one I most relate to.
2: Yeah. In terms absolutely.
3: of... In ter- yeah, And plus, he's worked with everybody. I'd love to hear him uh, give his opinions on some of the, some of the versions of his songs that have come up. And of and of some of the songs and some of the songs that are out there in the ether that are like that started off in demo form for something else and now it's out there on a bigger platform like the song like one example I'll give real quickly uh, the song not allowed to love which initially was in a Batman musical he was working on but is now part of the bat of the hell musical oh
2: wow I still I still haven't listened to that cast recording I don't know why how is it.
3: I've only listened to bits and pieces of it, but I kind of want to. I want to see it and and then listen to the cast recording. If yeah, that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, that's my thing too. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see the visuals go with it, and that's kind of why I've avoided that at this point.
3: I heard there might be a Vegas show happening, and if it does happen, I'll be hopping on a plane to come to Vegas to see that because oh, that, that would be awesome.
2: <laughs> Maybe we can coordinate it. That would be great. Oh my god, that
3: would be. That great. would be. I would. I would love to do that. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love Anywho. It.
2: Yep. So yeah, uh, bad for good, solid album. Great. If you're a meatloaf fan, go check it out. Uh, up next. So meat gets it together. Unfortunately, some years have passed now, uh, since, since bad out of hell. So the public taste has had time to change, but man, do we have a hell of a record to talk about now meatloaf's dead ringer for love released September 4th, 1981, Yeah, You know, following up one of the best-selling albums of all time is no small task, but they no, did it not. so so well. Like this album is just as good as bad as bad is in my mind. Like it's still I, top top-notch quality.
3: I agree. It's it's again. I, I, I'm maybe I'm, maybe I may like it a little less than bad for good, but at the same time, again, I think this is a much worthy follow-up to better of the Hell.
2: Absolutely, like this is one this album was one of those like mystery albums to me. I remember being mm-hmm. a kid. So being a kid in rural North Dakota, where I'm from, where I was from uh, mm-hmm. record stores are not common. And when you do find a place that sells CDs, it's probably if they're going to they probably just have bad out of hell one, two and three, mm-hmm. and maybe like the best of not a lot of other stuff outside of that. So I always wanted to hear, you know, the other, the other albums that, you know, outside of bat like dead ringer and bad attitude and blind before i stop and welcome to the neighborhood like so if i ever found one of those i always snatched them up right away but they weren't common and dead ringer i didn't hear until 20 i didn't hear hear that until 2015 i didn't hear it all the way through and man this has become like an album i listen to really frequently man I remember hearing a clip of peel out in that TV movie we talked about, about meatloaf and just being obsessed with that lyric every day of my life. I get the same old line. Hey boy, boy, you gotta, I forget exactly what it said, what exactly the lyric is, but man, that I just like, that song has got to be great. And when I finally heard it, it was just like,
4: yes,
3: peel out. Hey boy. Oh boy. You better wait for your turn.
2: That's it. that, That song just like, it, it was a mystery. That's the awesome
3: thing of a lyric sheet. That's the awesome uh, yeah. thing of having a lyric sheet.
2: <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this album. Uh, p Out's great. Uh, I'm going to love her for both of us. That's a fan favorite. Meets voice. Yeah, that's, up, that's up there for me. Yeah, that, that meets voice sores on there. Um, I'll Kill You If You Don't Come Back is incredible. One of my favorite Steinman lyrics. You got your ass out of gear and you're still out of whack. Don't even take, take all your stuff. Don't even bother to pack. In every way, I want you out of my life, but I'll kill you if you don't come back. Holy <laughs> shit, is that great? Just yeah. perfect. And then two of my favorite worlds from when I was a child came together. Um, we were talking earlier. I have a very eclectic taste in music, but along with that meatloaf CD in the first five was Cher's greatest hits, and I love Cher. So to hear Cher and me do a song together is a match made in heaven to me. Of course, Dead Rigger for Love is what I'm talking about. It was a huge hit overseas. I love that weird little calypso breakdown in the middle. And it's a song that's basically an exchange between a guy and a girl in the bar looking to hook up. And just me is on fire and singing his ass off. And then Everything is Permitted is one of Steinman's most underrated ballads. Uh, You can tell it's from Neverland. You know, it's totally about the Lost Boys. And it's the perfect ending to a perfect album.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, pretty much you hit you hit the, hit the nail around right the head. I feel the same way about peel out. Uh, I was obsessed with trying to find the, the full version after I saw the TV movie, which was which was hard at the time because I actually saw the TV movie on TV. I didn't look up that online. Yep. I saw that on TV. Saw it on VH1. Yep, I, I probably saw that on either Much or VH1. I oh, can't wow. remember which one. Um, much much, much is the Much. Yeah, yeah. Much is the yeah. For those who don't know, Much is the Canadian version of MTV, essentially um but yeah um more than you deserve i thought was great i love that that i love that it's 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 taken from the stage musical that uh meet and jim met on so that's kind of neat um read em and weep i really love um deadbringer for love uh was actually is actually a favorite of one of my best friends and I kind of didn't get into it until she told me she liked it, and then I gave it another chance. And yeah, yeah like it's a, it's a freaking awesome track, and I, I love the video, and I love that Cher actually is in the video. And oh yeah. That's just, and that's just amazing because I, I know Cher for singing, you know, turn back time and all that stuff. So to see her in the leather jacket singing rock and roll to Meatloaf, that's that that's mind blowing. That's terrific
2: it's funny around this time she actually had she was in a rock she had a rock band called black rose um they sadly didn't last long but they made one album it's very much if you're into stuff like journey or like foreigner and stuff like that it's a great record for that type of music so she that's kind I'll of what she f- at the time
3: i'll have to find that i love i love both journey and foreigner
2: so yeah, yeah. great stuff but, i love the, i love that you point out more than you deserve have you seen the music video
3: yes I, I love the music video it's i love it i love how it's like he walks in sees that girl starts singing the song all the crap happens and then he's he's outside the truck stop and then he goes in the truck stop he's like all like what's the, 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 the? so it's it's just so awkward and brilliant i just love it
2: that, that's exactly what i was gonna say it's very awkward i i, I think it's hilarious too because. You know, Meat's doing what Meat always does. He's emoting. He's very expressive with the song. And, you know, he, the pie metaphor in the song, you know, you know, you know she's you know, cheating on him. Like, she brings him a slice of pie, and then she starts giving pie like other people in the diner. And he's just getting angrier and angrier. It's just so funny to me. I never put that together. Oh, my God. The pie's cut in too many pieces. The flavor that I crave is no longer there. Oh my God, that is too, that is,
3: I, that is brilliant. I, I did not catch that. That's mind blowing. Thank you. <laughs> oh,
2: you're, you're welcome. Yeah. See, this is why it's great to talk to other fans because you find stuff like that, that you didn't know before. And then it just becomes, you know, like, whoa.
3: Wow. But yeah, like I, I love the, I also love the spoken word again, nocturnal pleasure. Which I think he's borrowed a couple of times from other things. Like I know it's been a part of it's from like teenager and love part of it's from other things, but, um, yeah like uh, uh, there's really not much i can say about that there's it's, it's a great it's a great fucking album i love every bit of it uh great art uh great uh great sweaty picture of meat on the back <laughs> yeah. um um and yeah like it's it's fantastic i, and I bought this record for nine dollars <laughs> yes
2: nice. i love it yeah I, well i'll say one more thing about nocturnal pressure uh Fun pleasure, fact, yeah. it, 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 uh, I, thought, I thought it was pressure for some reason, huh? Oh, I, I mistyped my notes. Oh, well, it's nocturnal pleasure. Um, it was originally called Shadows on the Freeway, and it came out a year before on a spoken word compilation. So it, I love it. it. He sounds like a villain or Batman, like looking over the city, you know, motorcycles in nocturnal alleys, nocturnal. and they've blown up lonely the lonely. YWCA. Like
3: a giant balloon yeah. and sent it out to sea with yeah, screaming, lovely, lovely. lovely. lonely, lonely.
4: Girls,
3: I uh, love, I, I just love, I love when Jim does that, and there's just something about it that's awesome. Like, he's like saying the angst that's inside of him that is relatable to me for some reason. Like, I, I, right. I it's, 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 he's like the Vigo, he's like, no, he's like the Evo Shandor of music. <laughs>
2: he's
3: like, there was. He's either a certified genius or an authentic wacko, but either way, it comes off as excellent.
2: It's perfect. It really like, is. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not really a spoken word guy. But I could listen to Jim do spoken word stuff if he were to do it. Like we'll get into yeah, it, it on know, the like, next step on the next episode when we do Pandora's box. But I love it when he just mm. does stuff like that because it's so well done.
3: And it's so like, and it's so like curvebally. Like it's stuff. It's like stuff that you would. Not expect a human being to just emote, but in yet he does it like it's like, it's like he's saying it from the heart, but it's also a little out of left field. Like he's, like, he's not thinking like the way a normal person would.
2: (laughs) Oh, not at all. No, no,
3: (laughs) no. Like, but I guess that's his, I guess that's his art in a sense. It's how he's feeling. Like. I think, I think meat said it in a couple of interviews. He's like, I don't know what happens to Jim when he writes things. It's like, he just like gets all the floor and just starts shaking. And whatever comes out, comes out like, like, the, like he's like possessed or something.
2: I believe that. I totally believe that. The yeah. yeah. great record. I think we've said all we can, can say about it. So let's do uh Absolutely. favorite, and, favorite and least favorite. Uh, you go first this time.
3: Uh, okay. Again, it's, it's tough because it's such a really good record. Um, I think for best, I'm going to go with More Than You Deserve.
4: From the very first moment I saw you I knew our love with be so strong Last so long. Then I saw you making love to my best friend. I didn't know what else to say. I saw you making love to my best friend. So I looked him right in his eyes and I said. boy it's more than you okay. deserve won't you take some more boy it's more than you deserve it's the first
3: it's, it's the first track on this album i think i heard all the way through um Sorry, love the Alex. history of it no, not Storytellers. It, it, I just kind of looked it up one day. It like, okay. I, I, it's like like I looked up Meatloaf, Dead Ringer, and I think this was—I think the music video was the first song that popped up. Huh.
2: Yeah, I first heard and, it on Storytellers.
3: Um, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a good place to have first heard it. A lot of like if, you're, if that's probably one of the first albums I would say to people if they want to get into Meatloaf's music live is give it is probably Storytellers.
2: Oh, that was like the second but, CD I had.
3: Oh, there you go. Yep. And for uh for weakest song, I'm not gonna say worst, I'm gonna say weakest song. Um I'm probably gonna say I'll I'm gonna love her for both of us, just cause it's not as catchy as say peel out or I'll kill you if you don't come back, or Dead Ringer for Love. Okay. just not that's not just not as catchy, but still good.
2: Yeah, uh, on the on yeah, it's hard to like like you said, there's no worst on these albums, maybe just the one we like, like the least. And for my no. for my best, I think I've given it away well already, but I'll kill you if you don't come back. playing the shit out of that song in preparation for this episode it's just so rocking that guitar you got Davy johnstone playing guitar and just ripping and meatloaf is screaming and then i love the mellower section where you know bless all the girls that you know you're talking about all these different girls but you know he still can't get over this one girl and i felt that before i felt that way it's it's like that part feels like the sun going down you know at the end of a day but you're still just like you're angry and like you're missing someone like it's such a perfect song and then least favorite i'm gonna go with uh read em and weep uh again not a bad song just i don't know it's to me it's like the it's like the the it's the mellowest like moment on the album it's kind of like the easiest to like take like very manilow covered. if that tells you anything it's a very easy to digest song <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: I know he's. I know he's done. A, I know he's done at least two other Steinman songs in the past, but I didn't know he did that one. Wow.
2: Yeah.
3: That's so, a, yeah. That's a, that's that's what's going on. Yeah,
2: it's 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 not bad, but you know, like I said, that's no, just...
3: no, like there there are no bad songs on this album. It's just uh, just like you say, it's just the one that's not your cup of tea.
2: Exactly. So yeah, I'd still give this album like an eleven out of ten, and uh, great. Yeah, great absolutely. Record. So, yeah, uh, let's putting Dead Ringer to bed. So, after this, uh, unfortunately, Dead Ringer is not a hit in the US. It does well overseas, not a big hit here. Um, and Meat's next album, Styman was, I guess, going to off, was supposed to give him like a total eclipse of the heart and making love out of nothing at all. But the label wouldn't pay for them. So, those songs went to Air Supply and Bonnie Tyler, respectively. So, Meat decided he was going to write some of his own songs and do a cover. And it, the results is Midnight at the Lost and Found, released May 1983. I didn't hear this album until I got ready to do this episode. I avoided it for a long time yeah. because of what I'd heard about it. I'd heard it was just a bland meatloaf al- album and there's a no- meatloaf's not supposed to be bland to me. He's supposed to be bigger and larger than no. like I knew, yeah. I knew two songs from the Grace hits collection. I knew razor's edge and I knew uh midnight at the lost and found. And I was fine just knowing those. So going yeah. into this one was totally, I was going into it totally blind and while I didn't hate it, I think people are right. It's just... It's vanilla meatloaf. It's it's safe yeah. meatloaf, which is not something I would normally say about meatloaf.
3: No, no, I, I agree. Like, there are some decent tracks on here, but a lot of it is filler or something that they just shat into a can and put on record. But, um... Honestly... I've, 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 from what I've from what I've heard, and from what pe- people I know who have listened to this album, they they'd like to compare it to the mid. Uh, they like they like to compare it to um, later Meatloaf, but like uh, Welcome to the Neighborhood, and uh, couldn't have said it better. In the sense, it's different songwriters. Every song is sort of yeah, but I see this one. This one kind of, this Midnight kind of stands out on its own because i like the other you know, the other albums a lot more than i like this one Sad. and yeah you're right it's just it's it's just vanilla meatloaf or like plain meat very bland meatloaf if you will
2: yeah exactly you know there's not much to it it's like maybe maybe a little yeah. salt but that's about it it's funny yeah. as, I was, as i was listening to it i came up with i, I last last uh, yesterday i listened to it one, one last time to be ready for this and i finally figured out what it was it's like the writing is like and again, this is not me signing these bands. I love Ario e. Speedwagon. I love Foreigner. I love Journey. But that's kind of what this record is. It's an early 80s melodic rock album without the teeth. There were some stuff I liked. I, still, I think the title track is a great song to this day. Yes. I enjoy it. Uh, Razor's Edge is a, is, as a single is very weird. And it's a strange over to the album. And I kind of liked the eerie vibes it has. And mm-hmm. uh, Fallen Angel is a nice ballad. And um, I'm, gl- I'm glad Meatloaf finally got to get his Promised Land cover on an album because I know that's a song he loves. But uh, mm. other than that, I don't perfor- much to say.
3: <laughs> I think he was performing a Promised Land on the Dead Ringer tour. And I think that was the inspiration to put it on an actual album.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I thought he did it on Bad 2. Maybe, ju- maybe it was just Dead Ringer. Maybe I just don't remember,
3: but um, well, well, I've never seen any live shows from the bat to tour, I don't think, off the top of my head, but um, no, you're pretty much bang on in terms of the opinion of uh, Midnight, and I have a similar sort of opinion, um, but yeah, um, I think Prom- P- Promised Land's pretty solid, um. I'm, 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 geez i'm blanking i'm blanking on track M- maria is not that bad <laughs> i don't think
2: <laughs> priscilla
3: priscilla sorry not maria <laughs> um keep driving i like that's a good one. um and and my fa- and, I, I, and honestly if i'm gonna pick up my, my favorite track my favorite track on this one is uh if you really want to i hey. Just something about it that I really, really like. And there's a music video for it that's kind of off the wall. And uh yeah, like you say, it's just sort of bland meatloaf.
2: Yeah, yeah. i my, my favorite's Priscilla. <laughs> because that uh, was one I hadn't heard before uh, hearing the album. What surprised me is, so my, the first band I ever got into as a kid was the Cars, and they're New Wave, and they had that sound. To me, this is Meatloaf doing a New Wave song, and honestly, it kind of works in, in some weird way. Like, in some alternate universe, Meat joins a New Wave band, and that's what it sounds like. So I kind of enjoy that so- song quite a bit. Least favorites, uh, the problem is, even though, like, you know, it's not his best there's nothing I vehemently dislike dislike it at all. Like there's nothing I really truly hate. It's just there. Uh, so I, I guess Wolf at the Door, maybe. But
4: yeah, yeah, that's that's
3: not. Honestly, prefer. if I were to, if, I didn't mind that one too bad. Like it's like again, it's not great, not really good. Um, if I were to, if I were, if honestly, if I were going to pick a worst uh, a weakest track, it's probably Razor's Edge for me. It's just very weird for me. There's just something about it that I just don't like.
1: Yeah, but yeah. in terms of
3: in terms in terms of album album opener, it's not bad, but uh, it's just not for me.
2: It's a strange one for sure. Uh, yeah. And one last thing I'll say before we wrap this up: that cover art, yeah, awkward, just awkward. It's just a big picture
3: of Beats face, yeah,
2: and he's just kind of scowling at you too. Yeah. Like, like it does not give me friendly, friendly vibes. Like we're here for a good time. No, it's like, oh boy. And then you put the needle on and I'm, and Razor's Edge starts coming out and it's a song about kind of like being paranoid and you're like, oh Lord, what have I gotten myself into?
3: Well, oh, to making me feel ooey.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how, how I describe it. But yeah, not, not yeah. terrible. Like nothing, you know, Nothing I hate, but definitely my least favorite. Actually, no, wait, wait. Second least favorite Meatloaf album. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that one in the next episode. Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> <sighs> oh, fuck, braver than you are. Anyways, um, moving on.
4: <laughs>
2: uh, moving, moving on. So we're gonna move on to a true gem of an album now. Uh, Meatloaf, I agree. Meat Loaf tours for Midnight of Lost and Found mostly overseas. And Meat decides, okay, I got to get back to that classic sound, or at least close to it in the same ballpark. And he wanted to work with Steinman, but it didn't work out at the time. Steinman was busy. So, but there are two Steinman songs on this album. And that album is Bad Attitude, released 84 in Europe, 85 in the US. This thing a monster um this is another one of those mythical albums for me because i couldn't find it when i was growing up as a kid uh but one thing i did find as a kid i found this cd it was a compilation called rock and roll hero by meatloaf and uh it was only songs from bad attitude and blind before i stop and two and two live versions of bad out of hell songs at the end i think which i'm pretty sure came from Live at wembley so it's all that late 80s stuff in one place and I loved that compilation as a kid. There were seven of the, of the nine songs from Bad Attitude on there. So this album yep. is very, very near and dear, dear to me. It is monstrous. It's everything we, we talk about Meat Loaf being great. It's big. It's bombastic. Loud guitars with a little bit of 80s sound in there. There's some synth and, you know, like the bat beats there's, in there. There's, there.
3: Yeah. There, yeah, there's, there's synth, but it's not in-your-face synth. There's more, it's more guitar-driven more than anything.
2: Right, yeah, like the like the part I really think of is like when I say synth like, you know, Nowhere Fast starts out with that, uh, you know, da 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 like it sounds like a computer but then there oh, here comes Bob Kulik with with that Razor yeah, guitar, uh, guitar riff.
3: And this is this and if you're if you're like if you know Bob, if you're like a Bob Kulick fan for his work at all, like and you haven't heard this yet, definitely check it out cuz he shines bright on this album.
2: He really does. It's insane. And he was on the tour too. Like he was kind of like Meat Loaf's he was, yeah. Boyle at this time. I think. Like if Meatloaf had a writing partner, I think it was like definitely Bob at this time. Absolutely. So yeah, and this thing is great.
3: Absolutely. Like well, yeah, anything from the title track, which is the duet with Roger Daltrey. Yes. Um...
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love absolutely. that song so much. Every hero was once every I do too hero was once just yeah. a boy with a bad attitude.
3: Wow. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah it, I gotta admit, like that's the, the, that is a killer track. Like if if I were to put together a, a meatloaf compilation, that goes on there. I, I was, I was humming "Modern Girl" for a week in preparation to in, pre- in preparation for this. Um, and yeah, nowhere fast. I dig surfs up. I like a little more than I did than It's than the version on "Um Bad for Good." Uh, piece of the action I really friggin loved
2: that's a great song
3: um yeah uh, which was a which was I, which I believe was a single um and yeah just everything about this is it's a solid little record and uh, I really and it's and, and it's a hidden gem like it's not it's not one that I think it's underrated I don't think it gets a whole lot of attention and it deserves it this it's, it's a very decent uh, 80s record and I and it's and meat sounds great they all sound great I I love this album. And also, again, great great album. Oh, my God,
2: yeah. Yeah, and great great tour, too. There's an official shot of this uh, that you can see on YouTube, fans out there. It's great. I'm pretty sure you've seen it. It it kicks ass. He was on fire this time.
3: He was, you could tell, he was aiming for a comeback. He wanted to come back in a huge, huge way. He was firing.
2: He was firing on all cylinders. And, yeah, I echo everything he pretty much said. Modern Girl, minor hit. Really dig that one. Uh, nowhere fast. Uh, that's the first Simon tuning it on the album, and that song was just made for me. It's perfect, classic meatloaf delivery. Absolutely. And uh, you know, you and me were going nowhere slowly. It's so much better going nowhere fast. That's such a meatloaf thing to say too. Like you know, if you're if you're thinking about classic meatloaf lines, you know, i do anything for love, but I won't do that. Like a bad out of hell, paradise by the dashboard light. Nowhere fast, in my opinion, should be up there too. Just a killer, killer song. Surfs Up, I think, could have been a hit. It gives me two out of three vibes. Uh, beautiful version of that song. Piece of the Action, I gotta talk about real quick. You talked about, you know, these songs meaning a lot to you when you were a kid, and they did for me too. But man, Piece of the Action was really my mantra. It was—it's my favorite ballad on the album. I was a kid. I grew up in a tiny ass town in North Dakota, and I had these big dreams about wanting to, you know, be in a band and be a singer and get out of town and this song was really my mantra it really means so much to me like piece of the action is just one of those songs that really sticks with me it's just beautiful and it's totally meatloaf i wish he would have revived this at some point in his career because it's more people need to hear it and then i gotta say sailor to a siren is a really eerie epic grand way to close the album i love that song and i love the production like with the keys Hmm. that just kind of sweep in and those eerie background vocals uh, so good my,
3: my my album my vinyl album is a little bit different the uh, the last song of the album is cheating in your dreams
2: okay so there's two versions of the album uh the u.s track yeah, listing the- that, that's the u.s track listing so the u.s tr- version has a different mix and a different uh order sequence of tracks uh the yeah. version which i have on cd uh ends with sailor to a siren So fun little f- nerd fact out there for you guys. Oh, uh, before we do favorite and least favorite, I gotta tell you a funny story about, Go so ahead. I told you I got that compilation, Rock and Roll Hero. So my grandma bought that for me. And uh, like she oh, she, nice. was a, she was very good about, she supported my music habit. You could say like, you know, she spoiled me rotten. And uh, I found this CD and I'm like, you know, grandma, will you get this for me? She goes, of course. And she doesn't usually ask too many questions, but for some reason she decides to look at the track list. And she gets to uh, Don't Leave Your Mark on Me. And she goes, Alex, is this a dirty CD? I'm like, I don't think so, grandma. What, what are you talking about? What, she goes, what does Don't Leave Your Mark on Me mean? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't think it's dirty. But she got it for me anyway. So, so I remember being as a kid, like, what is about this song is supposed to be dirty? And even as an adult, when I hear that song, I just think, like, you know, it doesn't sound that dirty. I think it's just a song about don't get attached because I'm not looking for a relationship. <laughs> what are you saying, Grandma? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> oh man, I, that's just a funny memory. Is it I like
3: have. I've. I, I don't know what to say to don't, something like that. Don't, don't
2: leave don't leave scratch marks on my back. I gotta go home to, to, to the wife or something. I don't know.
3: Don't get don't get on me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah.
2: Do, 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 what clean the lipstick off my collar? Some. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. It's such yeah, a weird thing yeah. to say, but it's just a funny memory I have of the album. It's
3: so. a good yeah, You know what? That's a you know what? That's a great memory. That's a great story. Um, yeah, totally.
2: Uh, f- my favorite. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go bad attitude. big and grand and epic and everything i love about the album and then least favorite honestly even as a kid still don't leave your mark on me I, that was always a skip track for yeah. me on that cd and it's still kind of one i tend to forget about uh, i
3: think we're i think we're both in agreement on that one i think uh, yeah badass who's my definitely my favorite track um a lot of good tracks on here though and um I'm going I'm to deviate a little bit, though. Well, don't leave your mark on me. I do agree; it's not that great of a great of a track. Um, Sailor for a Siren is just a little too weird for my taste? Like, obviously, if you like it because of the sequence thing, it's the very end of the song. Obviously, it has more of an impact with that sort of groove all the way through, and that's the end of the song, end of the album. But um, for me, it's it's in, it's it's, the, it's not the last song on the album for me. So maybe they don't I don't have that impact as you do so yeah. for me it's um for me it's sailor for a siren
2: no, no worries like like i said we all have our opinions and uh yeah. weird thing is it was track two on that compilation that compilation opened with bad attitude then sailor to a siren and then one more kiss from the next album so it was a really interesting like bam 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 of songs to start out that cd i remember
3: yeah. and then was and and that cd was just stuff from the 80s meet
2: yeah, it was just "Bad Attitude" and "Blind Before I Stop" songs, and then two songs from the Live at Wembley album, okay. which was uh, "Paradise by the Dashboard Light" and "Bad Out of Hell." Oh, okay,
3: fair enough.
2: So but, yeah, but I, I mainly listened for those those first. Uh, it was thirteen songs, not counting the live tracks. I remember, like I said, nine nine from uh, nine, no seven from "Bad Attitude," and then six from "Blind Before I Stop." Very weird compilation, very weird compilation, but very good. Hmm. Uh, I'll,
3: yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can find that.
2: Yeah, it, it it usually goes for like five bucks if you see it in a, in a store. It's not that expensive, but it's really cool. I think I still have mine somewhere. Right. I, I don't know where, uh, but yeah. So this album, this album is great. I give it a solid, you know, nine point five out of ten. Um, moving on, I give it
3: I give it an eight. Yeah, yeah, I give it yeah. an eight.
2: I agree. Yeah, it's uh, pretty close. Yeah, it's it's a great record. Not not his all time best, but it's up there. It's a, it's a great lost class. It's a hit, It's
3: a hit, A very hidden gem.
2: Absolutely. So moving on, that album did all right. Did all right overseas. Didn't really do anything over here in the U.S. So the next album, Blind Before I Stopped, released in 1986, is really quite fascinating to me. You're talking, you're talking. In the
4: pocket, in the pocket, in the pocket, in the pocket, pocket, pocket,
2: wanted to wait for Steinman again but it just didn't work out he owed the label two more albums so he did this so he worked with Frank Farian and if you don't know who that guy is he's the guy that would go on to produce Millie Vanilli that's the guy that is producing oh, really? this album that is the guy that is giving this album its sound so no wonder this album is such a big 80s synthy program drum sound yeah. and meat has been very critical of this thing over the years he claims the album was remixed and resequenced without his input uh the producer and some band members claim otherwise uh that you know meat was totally about this at the time and the album didn't really do anything like this album is definitely lost in time
3: yeah, it's and I gotta admit, like when I'm going when I'm I went over all the albums and I think out of all the albums, I think this is my least fit my least favorite. This is this, wow. let, me, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. This is the only meatloaf album I consider bad. Yeah. Wow. And I know I know that's a big thing to say, but <laughs> like I but hey, every every artist has an album that people just don't like. And for me, it's gotta be blind before I stop. It's go ahead. I'm just going to say, I'm going
2: to be a contrarian for a second. I fucking love this thing.
3: (laughs) Okay. You know what? That's perfectly fine. Like you said, justify your love, my friend.
2: So I do think part of it is nostalgia. Those songs being on that compilation, like are the, are my favorites on here. Um, because I, I remember getting this, the full record eventually and the other songs that weren't on that comp, they're all right, they're all right, but the ones I love were the ones I grew up with. Uh, to me, the meat that I love is still in there. The bravado, the confidence is still on this album, the swagger, even though it's very synthy, the guitars are still in your face. And like, you know, opening with Execution Day, that's a very epic song to start the album uh and then rock and roll mercenaries is a weird little pop tune that i like and then blind before i stop is just this great rocker and probably the best song Mead actually has ever written on his own uh i i will agree to that i I fucking love that song man it's so good uh just that that album that song is horny this album is really horny in my opinion there's a lot of songs fucking on here and it's just it's just great and yeah i don't know there's there's some stuff too like I don't like burning I'll, down I'll go- at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and it's uh, burning down. I really don't like it all. But uh, most of the stuff is either, eh, like, I'm okay with, or I love. And there's not really a lot of hate on this one for me.
3: Fair enough. Uh, for me, for me, I'm just the complete opposite. Like, there's just, there's very few goods on here. Like, I think it's just. This, I think I just. I think it's just for me. I just can't get over the synth stuff. Because for me, Meatloaf sounds good with uh, p- piano. He sounds good with pipe organ. But just something about keyboards and synths. Like, there are some good tracks that have keyboard and synths that Meatloaf has done. But this is just not it for me. The, a lot of this album is really weak. But before I stop, I can get past, because it's a little more guitar driven than it is synthesizers. But uh, a lot of the stuff. Is very forgettable for me. Execution Day is good. One more kiss, I like. I like that
2: one a lot too. Blind before,
3: yeah, yeah. Blind before I stop, I do. is one that's always on my iPod. Um, and, and like you say, it's a very horny song. I'll go blind before I stop. Like that's, that's what boy does not think about that, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: that was uh, the again the mantra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I, 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 I see where you're coming from. Totally, I never thought about that before. There's no piano song on this album. There's no, no big piano moments. Holy shit! I like again, you know, those things you never realized before. There's not a mm-hmm. goddamn piano on this thing. Wow. None of the ballads either. Mm-hmm. Like even soft I'm- parade is just—it's more like there's keyboard, but it's not driving the song. It's just atmosphere.
4: Yeah.
2: Wow. Wow.
3: But yeah, this album, real this this album, is a clunker. To quote Craig Smith.
2: <laughs> well said. Shout out to the Pots and Sauce Network, the, the guys that kind of connected us in a way. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for them doing that live stream uh yeah, yeah great guys and uh yeah shout out to pods and sods you know there would not be this podcast if not for pods and sods and also shout out to you even though you're not an official host on the show there would not be a slide dog music cast without history science theater
3: thank you very much
2: yeah absolutely
3: uh, sh- big, big, big 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 shout out to the history science theater guys
2: yeah great guys I'm,
3: uh i'm i'm i'm, j- I'm just the, i'm i'm just the sometimes co-host
2: yeah well you're great when you're on like i I loved you especially like that last episode you did uh the uh symphony episode that was incredible
3: yeah that was a that was a good that was a favorite of mine because that was my introduction to kiss so that was a fun one to talk about
2: nice but yeah this album even though we're in two different places i totally see where you're coming from and i get why it's got the Mm. reputation it does i i do think nostalgia plays a factor in this one for me because i wonder i do wonder now had i had I not heard this for years, and then when I heard the album in full finally, which was also in 2015, if I would have felt differently. But these, but there, are songs on here that are part of my DNA. i so. I,
3: I understand that, definitely.
2: Yeah, and yeah, Frank Fur- Ferry, What a weird choice to produce this album, man. Strange stuff. Yeah,
3: when you, we, all, when you just said he's like the Milli Vanilli guy, it's like. Okay,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all you need to know. When Millie, when you say Millie Vanilli producer, is like, oh boy, panic.
3: Ah, uh, uh. oh dear. <laughs> so I, I'll, i
2: I, I, I think your favorite and least favorite is going to be hard. So I'm going to go first. My favorite, honestly, I didn't talk about yet, is the closing track, "Rock and Roll Hero." Um, I love that song because it's like a rock and roll superhero an- anthem. It's like you know. To me, that song is what me Love is all about. It's larger than life. You know, What's it take to be a rock and roll hero, just like the king? king you know, I think you know, as a singer, like, especially a rock singer, you're always striving to be that. And it, the song just means so much to me. I love the big production. Uh, the breakdown in the middle kind of feels like early dubstep, if that's possible. You, you know, the rock, and all that weird stuff. It's so cool. It's, if I had superhero theme music, this would be it. I love rock and roll. Not fair enough. Least favorite is "Burning Down." Uh, Meatloaf does um, synth pop and doesn't pan out well.
3: No, uh, for me, title track. I will give. Well, here's the thing. I'll I'll do this. I'll do you one thing. I like "Blind Before I Stop." songs like the slow jams but everything else is not a big thing for me
2: okay but yeah, yeah that's I'll interesting say,
3: but i'll say burning down is not the is probably my weak, the worst track not probably not i wouldn't say it's the worst thing meat's ever done but it's the worst on this album
2: yeah no it's not the worst th- thing he's ever done oh we'll get there it's looming on the horizon <laughs> it's it's creeping in the back of my mind i've been thinking about it. it's and 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 what i felt when it came out but we we will get there and so this thing comes out uh we're, we're gonna we're, we're getting to the end of the first episode here but to, before we go this thing comes out does again again it does okay in the uk but me at this point he decides i got it build myself back up so easter starts touring relentlessly he starts touring everywhere pubs uh clubs like really small theaters and he built himself back up till he had a following and eventually, Steinman was able to get back working with him again. And then, next episode, we will be back with Meatloaf 2 The Return. Anything you want to say? Like, no, we're not over yet. We're not done yet. Oh. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was not, not an end of the episode yes. We'll be back with Meatloaf for, we're for, back. We're for back sure. for.
3: Uh, meat, meatloaf two the the resurrection the, the, res- the resurrection
2: yeah this is because really because really he
3: never because really this because is... really, really this episode Has meat been going starting at the top and slowly going down and down and <laughs> down and pretty much when he started doing bad the hell when bad of the hell two came out his star went back up and he kind of was like he's been up and down a little bit but he's been pretty consistent since.
2: I will, I will say, not to give too much what way, I think it put him in permanent, you know, he's Meatloaf status, he's a classic status. Like, Bat 2 made it so there, you can never take that away from him. He's always going to be Meatloaf. and it, Absolutely. It, so yeah, that album definitely cemented it. But we but yeah, we're going to talk about all that in the next episode. We're going to talk about his voice. We're going to talk about Bat 3. We're going to talk about Hell in a Handbasket. We're going to talk about Pain
3: Cool Teddy Bear.
2: Hank, though, that terrible thing I'm not trying not to mention again, but it's just grinding away at me because I know I have to listen to it again. <laughs> Ugh, God Lord. I, I hope that, that, I don't know if you've heard this, we'll touch just a fun way to wrap this record up episode up. Have you heard that I- interview he gave last year?
3: Uh, do, you mean, do you mean the one where we talked about doing a another album with more uh, Jim Simon songs?
2: Yes. And allegedly, allegedly it's done. Allegedly it's in the can.
3: I've heard he's done. Well, from what I've heard, he's done five of the songs already. One of them actually being a fan demanded one by Jim called which part of my body hurts the most.
0: Uh,
2: Yeah, I've heard that title before. I've never heard that song. It's not like it's funny if if you're a Simon fan, by the way, there's a lot of Simon demos floating around on YouTube. Go check them out. Like uh, the historian is great. The historian is a great channel if you're a meatloaf or Simon fan. Yeah, it's 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 really good stuff. I I I'm skeptic of what could come next, but uh, I'm pr- I'm praying for the best. But we still have a lot of fr- cool stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Nice. Is there anything you want to say to but wrap two- up this first era?
3: Um, he started at the top and went into decline, and but the but at the end of the day, the best was yet to come.
2: Totally absolutely i i think uh outside of bad out of hell is one of my probably my second favorite album we're coming up on in the next episode yeah. so that'll be a lot of fun alex thank you so much for doing this it's just been a it's been a blast I lo- i've loved talking about meat with you uh as always i like to give my guests a chance to plug themselves so where can people find you and where can they find freak the millennial kiss podcast
3: You can can find us on Facebook.com slash Freak Podcast. And you can also find us at YouTube.com slash Stacey DeVille.
2: Nice. I love it. Go check them out. They're great. Uh, Especially for like a younger, like just fan like myself. Uh, It's great to hear some people that are closer to my age talk about casts. So go check them out. Uh, We'll we'll be back next week. Uh, If you're listening to this in release order, we'll be back next week with Meatloaf Part 2, The Revenge. So tune in. Thanks again. I'm your host, the Sly Dog. Peace, love, music.
4: Oh,
1: listening to the sly dog music cast if you want to know what's going on follow me on twitter at sly dog music cast or facebook at sly dog music cast thanks again for listening peace love and music